We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder, and I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker, how the hell are you doing? It's a decent chance you're listening to this on a Friday. So happy Friday. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Please keep in mind what the weekend was created for to memorialize all those that have given their lives so that we can be here in the United States doing what we do. Not only do we enter into Memorial Day weekend, but we've also just eclipsed the first week of 49ers OTAs. Which is exciting, right? If you can't hear the sarcasm, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's still sarcasm, but I, I, I can still get a little excited. You can still get a little excited. I'm not gonna get off my lawn all over your OTA's excitement right now. Okay, it's worth being excited to me getting excited about OTAs or at least getting excited about just something football returning in the smallest way is, is that it's the first step towards the bigger thing. You know, OTAs have started, then we'll get mandatory mini camps and then we'll have a little bit of a break and then training camp will start. So it's almost like it's the first little thing. It's like getting to Halloween. Like not only if you're if you're a Central Valley native, not only does that mean that the summer heat is going away, but it means you just hit Halloween and then right around the corner is my birthday, which is exciting for everyone. I know. Then you've got Thanksgiving, then you've got Christmas, then you've got New Year's. So once you start to hit that Halloween time frame, you know, 
at least for me, one of the coolest parts of the year is here. This The heat is going away. I could put on a hoodie again. Me at my best is wearing a hoodie, by the way. If I'm wearing a hoodie, then I'm doing doing great. I'm doing my best. That's just how it is for me. How do you guys feel about hoodies? Hoodies, just putting on a hoodie, just putting it on makes me happy. Like just donning the hoodie. It just brings out a different side of me because part of that reason is I know it's not 105 degrees, but I also know that it's it's just like the time of year that I love. It's the it's hoodie time. So anyways, going back to the OTAs, at least you know that things are starting. And in typical 49ers fashion, they have found a way to make everything interesting. So not only are we entering into OTAs, but we're entering into this quarterback abyss that we have absolutely no idea how it's going to unfold which will be part of the topic today, just based on the fact that all three quarterbacks recently spoke to the media. All three quarterbacks did not really have something important to say, um, but that happens, you know, and especially when it comes to Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. They were, for the most part, very by the book. There's a little bit to take from that, though. So we enter into this quarterback abyss that, makes OTAs interesting. And with the OTAs, we get the completion percentages, the OTA completion percentages. They're here. You can find them on Twitter. Okay. It's important. It's important. Okay. Important. Not a T, a D. Kicker tweets are here. Kicker tweets. Guys, guys, listen, kicker tweets. Guys, can you believe it? Kicker tweets. We're getting kicker tweets because the 49ers in their infinite wisdom, and I say that partially sarcastic, but also partially true because they've just done a good job at doing what they're supposed to do, drafted a kicker in the third round. So we get kicker tweets. Can you believe it? I'm excited. All I could post on Twitter was, I don't think I'm ready for these kicker tweets because we've already gotten them. And we've already found out that both the 49ers kickers made a few kicks and then missed the long one. Make of that what you will. But we are getting kicker tweets. The overreactions are here. The overreactions to starting lineups. First teams. Even Kyle Shanahan took a little dig at that. You know, I don't know who the first team is considering there's not even an offensive line. We don't even have all our players participating. It's just, it's it's also magical. We've already gotten some official publications of winners and losers of week one of OTAs. I'm going to repeat that. Winners and losers of week one of OTAs. Voluntary OTAs. Now, I don't know if they're, they're voluntary for some people. They can't be voluntary for the youngest guys, right? They can't be. I think they're mandatory for rookies. Anyways. Again, winners and losers of week one of OTAs. To put that into perspective, that's like, here are today's winners and losers of rolling out of bed. Like, it's just such a small step of the process, and it's so early on that it almost doesn't matter. But the older you get, the more you realize that the way you roll out of bed matters. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe the winners and losers of rolling out of bed for today is like a big deal. 
part of getting old is, and I'm not old. I'm what, 37? I mean, getting there. I'm, I'm approaching 40. But part of, of increasing in age, we'll put it that way, is waking up with random pains. Like, all you did was go to sleep and somehow something got injured. Imagine what happens to Jimmy Garofalo when he sleeps. Anyways. So yeah, winners and losers of week one of OTAs. That's awesome. That's awesome that we get to read that. Go read it. I I saw it a few times. Go find it. Go read it. It's important. But it really is. I would just say don't overreact to any of it. You know, things just tend to change. You know, how many preseason absolute heroes have you heard about that are not recently? Like guys that lit it up in the preseason recently or in recent 49ers history that aren't even in the league anymore. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, let's just let's just enjoy it with a very with very low expectations. In other news. Former 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo underwent surgery in March to repair his injured foot that he injured all the way back in September against the Dolphins. The injury that ushered in, was it September still? That was week. Was it? Because Trey Lance got hurt against the Seahawks, and then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt against the Dolphins. But it wasn't it wasn't weak. I'm I'm confusing Trey Lance's injury with Jimmy Garoppolo's. What week was that? It was later in the season because Jimmy Garoppolo came in and played pretty well. It was December, you idiot. Anyways, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm calling myself an idiot. Speaking of myself being an idiot. Do you guys remember recently how I was jazzed about the fact that I could now figure out how to take notes onto my iCloud account, you know, my, my iCloud notebook from my computer, completely jazzed about it? Well, today I spent maybe 30 to 45 minutes taking notes for this podcast, typing them all in there. But I noticed like every few characters, it would kind of like pause to like, I'm assuming save what was happening. And every now and then it would just randomly take my cursor away and put it somebody somewhere else. So I couldn't just keep typing. So I kind of just got annoyed. I was like, I wonder if this is stuck in some weird loading state. So let me hit refresh. Like an idiot should have copied all of my text first because when that bitch reloaded, all my notes were no longer there. And I just stared at the screen for probably a good solid two minutes. And I just looked at it. I was like, do I want to retype all this? Should I just wing this podcast? I know it probably most of the time sounds like I'm winging the podcast, but I promise you I'm not. I would never do that to you. I might just suck. You know, I could still take notes and still just suck, but all my notes just went away. And I instantly regretted every nice thing I said about the iCloud notes to you guys. I retyped most of them in a more abbreviated form, not winging it, but I just wanted to let you know that. I may recant my excitement about these iCloud notes because they just turned their back on me today. We'll see more on that later. J. 
Jimmy Garoppolo underwent foot surgery for his injury that he, that he had against the Dolphins in March recently, within the last two months. So far, they're saying he might be back for training camp. He'll miss everything else up until that point. Interesting. Interesting timing to me. Interesting. Because wasn't there just whispers, and I'm not reporting anything by any means, but were there not whispers about Jimmy Garoppolo's 2022 shoulder surgery and the interesting timing of it and how it kind of threw off the entire plan the 49ers had of trading Garoppolo and you know getting a decent haul for him? And, and Jimmy Garoppolo, he had that thumb injury and then he had the shoulder injury that she played through the shoulder injury, the thumb injury kind of like officially ended things, but the thumb injury healed itself. But then went much later, he ended up having surgery on the shoulder. Missed all that time was, was recovered, you know, and that's what led to the super awkward moments of Trey Lance leading his team in training camp while Jimmy Garoppolo threw footballs in recovery on the other side of the fans on the little workout field. And like half the fans in those stands that were there to watch training camp just turned around and watched Jimmy Garoppolo work out while none of us, the media, were allowed to take pictures of, talk to, or record anything with Jimmy Garoppolo. But all the fans that were sitting right there were all recording everything he did so then if we wanted to tweet about it, we had to take the fans video where, you know, retweet the fans video, which is fine, whatever. It was just a whole silly situation. One of the most awkward things I've ever seen at an NFL practice. It was like, you've got a new girlfriend. She's coming over. She's staying the night every now and then, you know, you're getting crazy. You're making noise while your ex-girlfriend still lives there in the other room or something. It was so weird. Obviously not that dramatic, but we're having fun out here. And so there was a lot to be said about how long Jimmy Garoppolo waited to have shoulder surgery and if he did it to throw off the 49ers plans to 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 trade him. And I don't know if he did. I don't know if he didn't. But then it's been like December, January, February. It was it had been months since the injury. And. He gets that contract with the Raiders. I wonder if the Raiders knew he needed foot surgery before he signed that contract. That's my question. Did the Raiders know Jimmy Garoppolo needed this foot surgery before they signed the contract? And if they did, whatever. Not that big of a deal either way. But if Jimmy Garoppolo hid the fact that or somehow didn't know that his foot needed surgery before signing this or while signing this contract, did it anyways. And then told them at like, that would just make this all so much more interesting in terms of maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is a little nefarious about his injuries and when he gets surgeries and when he handles this stuff and getting a uh, foot surgery after you're given a significant three-year deal that pays him over 20 million a year would make more sense than doing it before. So uh, it's purely speculation, but it seems interesting given what we know about Jimmy Garoppolo in the past and how often he's injured and the timing in which he addresses those injuries, which I've never insinuated anything about that in Garoppolo. I never thought that was necessarily his deal, but seeing this now makes me go back and just like, just think about it out loud on a podcast. Anyways, 
Kyle Shanahan met with the media. So did all the quarterbacks. Kyle Shanahan was part of the course, not necessarily anything groundbreaking given to us by Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he did briefly talk about Trey Lance's, the work he's put in during the offseason, and the fact that he's now throwing, at least in OTAs, with a wider base. Uh, makes Basically, throwing with a wider base makes you more prepared for anything you need to do. Whether it's throwing right now, that's why you see those quarterback drills where they have a bag in between their feet and they're kind of just moving up and down the bag with their feet on either side of it. Um, that's just that's practicing having a white base. That way, when you realize you want to throw the ball, you don't have to kind of instantaneously kick your feet out, or you're not throwing from a narrower base, which will lessen your accuracy and cause you to be less balanced. So. He's throwing from a wider base. You could see this in the OTA videos by several 49ers media members that were there for that. And Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Just talked about the fact that, you know, throwing with a wider base makes you a smaller target, makes you less upright, makes you quicker to run and quicker to throw. Because if you think about it, you have a wide base. Both your feet simultaneously turn either direction. And you're already kind of like in a stride. Like think of a sprinter ready to take off. They don't start sprints with their feet right next to each other. Now, yeah, they've got blocks and stuff, but they're very spread apart. And that's kind of what having a wide base as a quarterback can do for you, especially for Trey Lance, who's very mobile. Um, He's almost in a sprinter stance the moment he decides to run. His feet are already spread apart. Bam, go. And he's also in a thrower stance because you throw from a wide base. And as you throw... Um, you know, you, your, your hips take you through and then eventually you bring that back foot forward after it's kind of like the last part of the motion, like a follow through. So Lance, uh, worked on a lot of things. He tightened up his motion. Really. I think what a lot of people want to talk about with Lance is his tightened throwing motion, which it does look a little tighter, but what Trey Lance's problems really were with with the lower half of his body and tying is, is, is what his upper body is doing to his hips, to his legs, to his feet. And, you know, obviously a wider base is helping that and making sure that it's, it's just like a golf swing. You know, everything is, it's like a happy Gilmore. It's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Get off of me. Anyways. So, and, and a lot of the talk about Trey Lance's arm fatigue, Stemmed from the fact that he was allowing himself. One, he severely overworked himself his, his, uh, leading up to his rookie year. He talked about that in his press conference and just the fact that for about a year, ever since his very last, because his last season in college, he had one game. And ever since that one game, he basically never stopped throwing all the way up until the start of the season when Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter and he was the backup. So just like almost a year or eight months of just nonstop throwing, which no quarterback can do it, it, You know, it's, it's like a, at that point it becomes like a pitcher. Like you can't just continue to throw. You need some time off. Anyways, he was throwing with his arm and this also stems from something we'll get into in a little bit. His hand injury that caused him to adjust his throwing motion even more. He spent uh, time with his quarterback coach over the offseason 
adjusted his base, adjusted his motion, adjusted his throw. Will we see that come to fruition or impact his play um, in any way? We'll see throughout the offseason. It's really tough to judge when there's just nobody out there and they're in shorts. And, you know, the only thing you are doing is focusing on your throwing motion and making the throw. There's no pressure. There's no play call beforehand. There's no huddle play call. There's no pressure. There's no reading. You know, there's a little bit of reading because they'll do seven on sevens. But when those things start happening, will he immediately revert back to the throwing motion he used to have? There's a little high likelihood that he will because now you cannot think about your throwing motion. It has to be second nature. And if it isn't, you know, you're going to go right back to it. So we'll see. But it's still cool to see Kyle Shanahan reiterated that he was working on his base. He was working on his footwork. He was working on his throwing motion just to make him a better quarterback. So we'll see if that sticks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Trey Lance did meet with the media uh, following, and if you want to read into this, the order at which the quarterbacks met with the media is Brock Purdy, then Sam Darnold, then Trey Lance. So that obviously means that Brock Purdy is the presumed starter. Sam Darnold is the backup. And Trey Lance, sorry to break it to you guys, is third string. The last 15 seconds has been heavy sarcasm. Please relax. Don't turn the channel. As I always say, guys, come back. Sit down. We're not done. I'm kidding. Um, Don't clip that and be like, ugh. Look at what Rob said. Anyways. Trey went with the media. The reason I'm jumping straight to Trey is because Brock's meeting with the media, Sam's meeting with the media was just, I mean, it was nothing. It, it was pretty formulaic. It was what you would expect to hear from both of them. Um, so let's keep going. It was very clear that Trey was very comfortable and very happy to be back in the mix. Big old smile on his face. Um, He reiterated that he only wants an opportunity to compete 
And he said, again, and we've talked about this on the pod, that he that Purdy deserves all the credit in the world. He's happy for him. He deserves to be the quote-unquote leader in the clubhouse. And that 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 that's his job to lose. And I just I keep saying that because if Trey Lance himself can say it, all the weird 49ers fans on Twitter should also be able to say it. Like it's just so weird. We've got Brock Purdy tryhards. We've got Trey Lance stands. And for no reason, someone is standing for someone. And it just, it doesn't need to be that way. But I mean, if you wish to live your existence um, solely just to annoy those around you, then do what you got to do. Your opinion sucks, but it is your opinion. It's just, it's always bothered me that people can't just like, let things play out. Like they have to plant their flag somewhere. This is my person. It's like politics. Like the biggest problem with a modern America politics is that people feel the need to absolutely unequivocally without any form of independent thought, plant their flag on one side or the other. And every single thing people on that side of the aisle said, say, Everything, every single thing they say goes, I must be a robot. I must follow this train of thought. I am this color. I am this color. It's the, the, the independent, the person that can make their own damn decisions without needing to be a part of groupthink is dead. It, it really is. Anyways. So Trey sounds like he's Brock's biggest fan. So that should tell you all you need to know about one, how impressed he is with what Purdy went out there and did, and two, what type of person Lance is, which also kind of plays into the fact that he said that he was asked that, you know, there, that there was a rumor about the fact that teams were calling, you know, inquiring as to Lance's availability. And he was asked, like, did you ever feel like maybe it would be better to be somewhere else? And he pretty emphatically said, no. I did not want to be traded at any point, quote unquote, no doubt. This is absolutely where I want to be. That tells you something about what Lance is. He knows that the chips are down, that he is not the favorite to start. Yes, he is the third overall pick that the team sent a lot of draft capital into the airwaves for, but at no point did he want to cut and run. And I I don't know, man, that says a lot about him. It really does. And everything we've heard said about Lance, the person has been absolute five star. A huge reason the 49ers drafted him was because of the type of person that he is. And they felt like his inexperience would be eclipsed by his drive and his personality and his ability, his want to get better. And that still might be the case. Very important point there. That still could be the case. The jury is not out on Lance, comma, Trey. So anyways, he also elaborated on just how much his pointer finger, the, and the, 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 thing, the hand injury he suffered in week three of the preseason and his rookie year completely changed his rookie season. For the rest of that season, for the couple of games that he came in to start for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo, for every throw he made in practice, 
he developed a different throwing motion and a different grip on the ball just to adapt to the fact that he could not bend his pointer finger. Kind of a big deal. But no, no, excuses aren't being made right now. But from the sound of things from both Kyle Shanahan and Lance, that pointer finger injury was a massive deal and completely changed his throwing motion and caused him to pick up all sorts of bad habits just to be able to throw the ball with any sort of comfort. And keep in mind that Lance played for two games that year. He lost to the Cardinals, and then they beat the Texans in a must-win game. So he had to adapt to his injury and throw, and in a way caused permanent damage to the way he threw the football and his throwing motion, just trying to make it work with a severely injured throwing hand. So it kind of just adds a little bit of mystery, a little bit of wonder to his development and what he could or might look like going into the offseason. And I think that's a perfect segue to what I want to talk about to end this podcast. And I'm not saying this is going to be a short podcast. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, there may be some scenarios that I miss out on that I forget to, uh, like I said, I had this kind of typed out and then Apple iCloud notes decided to flip me the bird and delete everything I typed out. I retyped most of it. Hopefully I don't leave anything out. I'm going to take it slow. Okay. But I want to talk about embracing because we were just talking about how fans feel like they need to plant their flag in one way or another. And you don't, you can probably make your fan experience and I'm not acting like I have all the answers here. Like, you know, if you want to brush me off, that's perfectly fine. I'm with you. It's just my opinion. But I feel like a lot of fan experiences would be better if they just kind of thought about all the different realities and possibilities and sort of embraced them all at the same time. Sure, in your mind, you could have a preferred outcome, and there probably should be a preferred outcome. But there are a lot of things that can happen, and that's okay. And I know the great Kay Adams just got done recently putting a clip of this on Twitter and talking about it on her show. Basically saying the 49ers think that they have three pretty good quarterbacks. And they don't really know how things are going to play out between those three. So let's just wait and see. And talk about it and enjoy it and not, you know, like it's not a controversy. It's just an unknown. A lot of people hate the unknown. They fear the unknown. I'm not going to get all boot on you, but it's okay for to not to know. And it's okay to not have a, a favorite or, you know, this is not medieval times. You're not sitting in the green section rooting for the green knight. And when he dies, your dinner's ruined and, you know, you got to, wipe off your greasy chicken hands and, and go, you know, drop a thousand on, on black or something like it's, it's just, it is what it is. These things exist. And so what I want to do right now is try to embrace the multiple quarterback realities that are in front of us. And I want you guys to embrace them with me because it's, Fucking entertaining. Like, I understand the ultimate goals for the 49ers to win. And always remember, I only got into the 49ers media side of things because of a 49ers fan. And I wanted to see how far I could take it and how much I could change my perspective and, you know, push into this 
this media side of things. And, and I feel like I've gone pretty far with it. I could go further, but I'm kind of comfortable where I am. I love doing the strike and gold pod. Um, so uh, it's just in an interesting place, but all of that was rooted in the fact that I was a 49ers fan. Many, many, many 49ers media members, whether they talk about it or not, were 49ers fans because there has to be some sort of love for what you do, some sort of drive. You know, they always say, you know, try, figure out what you love and try to make that your job. And this is not my job. I'm a teacher. I love art. So I teach art. I also like interacting with people. So that, you know, it helps with teaching, but I loved football. That's always first with me as I love football. And then I love the 49ers. So I try to make it a job. And, and now I'm just, I'm on the striking gold pod and having the blast. And, you know, again, we'll get a co-host anyways, multiple quarterback realities. Let's embrace them. Let's have fun with them. It's entertaining. Okay. Reality number one, and what seems loosely to be the expectation. Now, before we get to reality one, Kyle Shanahan offered his his own reality in the mix, and he said that they're hoping that Brock Purdy is ready for week one. So let's start with that. That is one that I kind of didn't take into the mix, but he did say it today that or excuse me, yesterday, that they 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 believe that Purdy could be ready for week one. Which, who am I to argue with that? Kyle Shanahan said himself, he dropped another one of his quotes, only God knows. It's God's plan. I could say that in a, an extremely uninteresting, boring, monotone, and call myself Drake. God's plan. God. Sorry, I don't want to be a hater. So Kyle Shanahan basically said it's up to God and how quickly Brad Purdy's ready. It reminds me of when he said, we don't even know if we're going to be alive then, so why would we talk about it? It's silly. Okay. Jesus, take the wheel, Brock Purdy. So there's a reality that we will kind of ignore, per se. But if Brock Purdy is ready for week one, then that kind of throws a whole wrench into this whole mix. Not really, but he would be the first quarterback we'd seen, and it would be up to Brock Purdy to play well enough to where we never even really have to talk about the other quarterbacks. Okay, so but there's some possibilities in there. Let's go to the reality one and what seems to be the expectation. I should have like some clip. Reality one, 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 something like that. Reality one is Trey Lance beats out Sam Darnold in training camp. Shows some solid improvement, bearing in mind that Trey Lance's training camp when I was there before his last season was pretty good. It wasn't perfect, but you could see why he was the guy and why he was in that position and why the 49ers were ready to go with him over Jimmy Garoppolo, ignoring the injury. So let's say that Lance turns it up a little bit, beats Darnold, starts the season, plays decent, but then is eventually replaced by Brock Purdy, who plays like 2022. And then we just, whatever happens with the season, it happens. Okay, so that's kind of what seems to be the most commonly talked about and accepted reality. I'm not saying it goes down exactly like that. In that case, Trey Lance remains a relatively unproven commodity, depending on how much he played in that season before Brock Purdy, next season before Brock Purdy steps in. His value would take another small hit because he was unable to keep that job over Purdy. 
which not is ne- not necessarily an insult to Lance because if Purdy comes back in and immediately looks like an upgrade over Lance and plays like he did in the end of 2022 slash 23, then no one's going to necessarily hold that against Trey. It's more like anoint Brock, you know, like it would be a good thing for Brock, not necessarily a bad thing for Trey, but there's always those people. Okay. You can also take it the other way if you want to in this reality. Let's say Sam Darnold beats out Trey Lance. The same thing happens. Darnold plays, starts the season, plays decent, plays better than he has any other awareness, any other place in his career. But again, it's just decent, which still keeps the door open for Brock Brady return. And this could only be one game, two game, three games, whatever. We don't know if if the 49ers are winning games and the quarterback play is decent, whether it's Lance or Darnold, they might choose to let them keep playing just to give Purdy that much more time to become acclimated and just keep throwing the football, not in a game setting. If Donald beats out Lance, it bankrupts Trey Lance's value. Trey Lance couldn't even beat out Sam Darnold. The bust label runs rampant, and who knows what would be held for Lance's career moving forward after that. Now, again, this is just a reality with multiple little twists and turns. Okay, it's like that Goosebump book where if you chose this and went to this, I mean, there's all kinds of things that do that. So that's reality one. Going back to the beginning, Lance beats out Darnold. He starts the season one, two, three, four games, whatever. Plays solid. Gets replaced by Purdy, not because necessarily Lance plays bad, but just because Purdy is Purdy. What the 49ers are seeing them in practice give them faith that he's the same guy, maybe better, and they go with Purdy and he, he finishes the season out. They go as far as there. Now, reality two. Reality two, two, two. And I think I covered most of reality one. I mean, that's kind of what people talk about the most right there. Reality two is when it gets kind of fun for me and a little more entertaining. What if throughout the off season, and we'll include the preseason in all of this. What if Trey Lance is really good? What if this guy is really good? Keep in mind that Knocking on wood for Lance. If he's completely healthy and his offseason work has helped him a little bit, doesn't even have to change him as a quarterback, just helps him a little bit. Going into the preseason, this will essentially be the first time we, as a observers of the 49ers phenomena, have seen Trey Lance play without, opens list, a severely injured pointer finger on his throwing hand, a sprained knee, playing in a torrential downpour, or his foot facing the wrong direction. Let me repeat that for you. Other than those first two preseason games he had as a rookie, because keep in mind, he hurt his pointer finger in the third game ever since his very first preseason games as a rookie this would be the first time we've seen Trey Lance play even including last year's training camp when apparently you know when he was the guy and he played all training camp he was apparently still dealing with a bad throwing motion and still kind of nursing through a a a jacked up pointer finger so again coming up in a little bit what we're seeing now is the first time Give or take, we've seen Trey Lance without a severely injured finger, a pointer finger on his throwing hand, 
without a sprained knee, without playing in a torrential downpour, or without his foot facing the wrong direction. So in this reality, and a, and a reality that I wouldn't necessarily say is unrealistic, you're talking about the third overall pick, a guy the 49ers exchanged multiple first-round picks to acquire. Does, is it really that crazy that there's a chance, a good chance, that Trey Lance turns out being good. Now, walking it back a little bit, talking out of both sides of my mouth, it, it's hard to be a good quarterback. Like, the odds of any quarterback being good, no matter where you're drafted, not good. So, but there's a chance that Trey Lance can still be really good. What if he goes into this training camp and lights it up? Makes Darnold look like clearly, I'm not going to make it a negative thing for Darnold, but makes Darnold clearly look like the backup. Ignites the conversation about what could happen this season. Starts the season for the 49ers because the 49ers, Brock Purdy's not ready yet. He's not ready for week one. Could be ready soon, but in the back of their minds, Shanahan and Lynch are saying, look, Lance has had a great offseason. Let's give Brock Purdy some more time. And let's see what Lance does. Lance lights it up in the preseason, starts the regular season. Go look at the schedule. He starts him off like two, three, four, and oh. I don't know, however long before the the Purdy before it became Purdy's time. What if Lance plays well enough? And I'm not saying he just lights up the NFL, but what if Lance plays well enough? It forces the 49ers to make a decision on whether it should be Lance or Purdy. They have to think about it. He goes, Lance goes on like a Purdy-like run. They don't lose a game. He's playing well. They're winning because of him in some cases. And maybe it becomes almost everybody starts talking about the fact that, hey, maybe it's malpractice to to take Trey Lance out of these games. The team is winning with him. He's the guy they took third overall. They traded all these draft picks. He's lighting it up. Why would you back out on that now? Like, I understand Brock Purdy was good last... I'm just talking things you would hear people saying. This is what the 49ers wanted. They wanted Trey Lance to be good. He's good. He's playing well. Why would they go with Purdy? Like, just let things play out. I mean, reality, too, gets real interesting real fast. Now, sure, the odds are probably against Lance. The odds of reality to happen are probably not that great. But it wouldn't be surprising. Would it? I mean, given how little we've seen of Lance and how we're learning that he was playing hampered when he did see him, and I'm, I don't know how much to, to give him on that. You know, I'm not making excuses for the guy. But, man, wouldn't it be something if he just ends up being really good in his third year as a pro? It's not that crazy. So reality two kind of makes things fun. All of a sudden, they have Trey Lance on a rookie deal, Brock Purdy on a rookie deal. Both of them have looked good. Lance is healthy. He's lighting it up. He's running for 50-plus a game. He's throwing for three touchdowns and 250 yards a game. Like, let's just see where this goes. And keep in mind, the 49ers have seen you know, more of Lance in practices, but in terms of in-game action, which every person in that building has said Lance needs, the 49ers 
brass is seeing just as much as us. So what them finally getting to see Lance play well is a reality that they would have to embrace and it would be malpractice to end that if you're still winning. Cause in the end, the end goal is to win. So if Lance is helping the 49ers win, it's not malpractice to not go back to Purdy. It's, it would be malpractice to throw a wrench into the mix that could disrupt the fact that everything's going well in this reality. So an interesting reality. Reality three, reality three, three, three kind of introduces a little more depression into the mix, a little more, uh, less exciting. Okay. And this, I, before I even get into it, I have to give a shout out to the boys at Candlestick Chronicles, Kyle Madsen of NinersWire.com and Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. Listen to their pod a little bit of yesterday, a little bit of today, and they talked about the reality that what if Purdy just isn't as good as he was last year? Which, and Biederman is the most level-headed, reasonable, and in some ways grumpiest, like, it'd be phenomenal dude, but he's always got, you know, he's always got the most grounded viewpoint. And I wouldn't even say it's negative. He just, he knows how to look at all the scenarios, you know, rather than getting too excited about any one direction, he says, well, what if this happens? And what's funny about Biederman bringing this up is out of all of the, uh, the likelihoods for Purdy, a slight regression is probably the most likely. And that's not saying that Purdy plays bad. He played really good last year. You're talking about a quarterback that completed 67% of his passes. That in five regular season games, we'll just go with that. Five regular season games completed 67% of his passes for almost 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, and four interceptions. In the playoffs against the good teams, he completed 65% of his passes for three touchdowns, no interceptions, 570 yards. So everything about Trey Lance says he was pretty good. I think he was pro football focuses like 13th ranked quarterback, like right behind, um, right above Tom Brady and right behind Chargers quarterback. He was on my, he was like my fantasy quarterback last year and I'm just sitting here and you guys are all yelling at, I get it. Justin Herbert. Okay. Brock Purdy last year per pro football focus. If that's your, your, your cup of tea had him just behind Justin Herbert and just above Tom Brady. That's some pretty fucking cool company. Okay. Let's, let's leave it at that. But the odds are moderate that Purdy could regress. It's his year two NFL defenses are incredibly good at adapting to any talent. NFL defenses have found a way to make even the best quarterbacks look bad. So there's a good chance that they're going to find ways to make Purdy at times look bad. So this is, again, this is reality three, reality three, three. So Purdy comes back. He plays well enough to keep his job, but isn't as good as he was in 22 slash 23 and isn't quite seen as the future just yet. No one's surprised because in the end, he is a seventh rounder. He was the last pick of the draft. You, if you didn't know, but what if that happens? What if he just plays okay? And what if he plays, I, I want to, I don't want to even say poor, but 
What if he plays at a level where people are still willing to have a conversation about who the star should be? You know, uh, Biederman brought up the fact that look at the difference in offseason. Like, once Purdy was drafted by the 49ers, he was 100% full go, learning the playbook, just doing everything he could to make this team. And that's what he said in the press conference. But this offseason, it's all about recovery and rebuilding his shoulder. And that doesn't, he's still out there participating, he's still in the meetings. He's still going through throwing motions. So it's not to saying that he's not developing, but he's certainly not putting in work to the point, to the same point at which he was last offseason, to the same degree. So there's a, a decent chance that Purdy regresses a little bit, or maybe he even plays bad enough to warrant the discussion about should the 49ers put in, put back in, put Trey Lance back in. Or if Lance was never good, maybe it's Darnold, or depending on what we've seen from all these quarterbacks all offseason. So there's a lot of realities here that could drastically affect what we see on the field, who starts, could be Purdy, could be Lance, could be Darnold. Um, and the way we get to each one of those quarterbacks could dra- be drastically different, especially now that the NFL has introduced the new quarterback rule where you can, you have to have, if in order to take advantage of this rule, you have to have three quarterbacks on your active 53-man roster. But on game days, when you have to note your inactives, your quarterback gets to be one of those and can be activated in the game if your other two quarterbacks get hurt. So essentially, it makes it to where you get to activate, you get to deactive, you inactivate one less guy. Because that guy essentially takes the active roster spot of that third quarterback. That third quarterback is inactive and can be activated in the game only if the first two quarterbacks are hurt. And if any of those quarterbacks are cleared, the third string quarterback has to go back to being inactive mid-game. If either of those first two quarterbacks can do anything, it has to be one of them. The third quarterback goes away. So... There are so many different, and I might not even hit every reality. I think I hit three main realities. The fourth one we already kind of talked about, Brock Purdy comes back, is ready for week one, plays well. We'll figure out what happens with the other guys some other time because we're winning football games. That would be the mindset of, of everybody in that building that makes those decisions. But there's those other realities, you know, where the, the, the common one where Lance or Darnold beats out the other, starts the season because Brock Purdy is not quite wetty, wetty, and then Brock Purdy comes back in and finishes out the season. But then there's, you know, does Lance look really good? And you can even say, does Darnold look really good? Now, yeah, that has some negative connotations for Lance, but what if Darnold looks really good? I mean, you're talking about it. The two of these quarterbacks were taken third overall, so there's a lot of talent to a lot of talent there that could go either way. So it's, and, and, and all three of those, four of those realities are entertaining to me. You know, I don't want to see Purdy struggle. You're not wishing misfortune on anybody, but if Purdy struggles, then Lance comes back in and we're seeing what Lance is doing now. And, you know, the 49ers quarterback situation, as much as we all want it to be settled, wouldn't be. And, you know, maybe Darnold's even like, Hey man, I can, this offense is different than anything I've ever been in. I can do this. So there's all kinds of stuff that could happen. You know, we're watching a movie and we don't know the ending to it. And it, it, to me, that's why you go to the movies be, to be entertained, to 
to, to, to just be thrilled with outcomes to be, you know, to be challenged in, in just what you're thinking or what you were expecting. Wasn't quite that. It was, it was the twist as Jack Black says in goosebumps. There's three parts to every story, the beginning, the middle and the twist. If you have not seen the goosebumps movie, I highly recommend it. I love it. I watch it every year around Halloween time. So there's all sorts of shit going on here, folks. Embrace it. Have fun with it. Yes, I know that the end goal for every 49ers fan is you want your team to win. You want them to win a Super Bowl. And the sooner they get their quarterback situation figured out, the sooner they would be winning. I mean, you know, if, if the 49ers had their quarterback situation figured out with even a top 10 quarterback, they probably would have already won a Super Bowl. But that's just not the way it is. So take it for what we've got and just enjoy it because the things going on here are pretty damn compelling and are they ideal? Absolutely not, but they're still entertaining. It's still interesting. They're still unknown. And, uh, it's damn man. It sure as hell gives us something to talk about. So that's my take on embracing multiple quarterback realities. There's quite a few of them out there. I'm sure I missed some details. Um, I mean, we don't even know if all these quarterbacks are going to be alive by the start of the season. So there's always that Kyle Shanahan. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to strike and gold. Thank you for being such an integral part of this podcast. Um, if you feel us worthy, jump on iTunes, jump on Spotify, leave us a, a positive review. Um, but that's up to you. You're already here listening. That's the ultimate show of support. I thank you. Um, you should be hearing this episode on a Friday. And uh, I hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Please pour one out for our uh, our brothers and sisters that are no longer on this planet uh, in their efforts to secure uh, our way of life, and uh, which includes striking gold in our San Francisco 49ers. So, as always, we know that all good things must come to an end. That is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. I'm Rob. This is your Striking Gold, and we are signing out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.